When Shamrock Rovers got one back, tears came to my eyes. And we went two went up, and I heard those thousands of Sligo people. I was proud, and we went out and won. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. Best town in the world. More drama here. Chilani. Looking for Stenson's head away at the far post. And over it comes Elliot. Stenson! One more! It's brilliant! 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 Here comes Quigley. And it's there! It's Sagarola 3. St. Patrick's Athletic 2. And that could be the decisive moment in the title race. We will never forget this day. Hello and you're welcome along to episode 61 of the Bitter Red Supporters Trust podcast. Uh, we are brought to you as always by the White Hag Brewing Company and we are coming to you directly after our last to Shamrock Rovers and Tala. 3-1 the game is finished up, uh, as you'll know. Uh, a hat-trick from Graham Burke uh, on the back of uh, a pretty, a pretty, I mean, I think it's fair to say it was a disappointing result from Liam Buckley's side. Um I think, um, I mean, I think a lot of Flag Rovers fans wouldn't have gone into the game with a huge amount of uh, with a huge amount of hope going into it. Well, certainly judging by the uh, beer scorecast competition we ran beforehand, uh, there didn't seem to be a lot of um, uh, a lot of positive vibes going into the game. Uh, we got Sean done with us this evening. Sean, how are things? Uh, terrible, Connor. Just trying to hold down this laptop now in case it doesn't blow away. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another match brought to us, sponsored by uh, Med Aaron, it seems. <laughs> and Jerry O'Connor is with us as well. Jerry, good to hear you laughing. Yeah, look, sure. If you don't laugh, you're going to cry, aren't you? So, yeah. either one or the other. Um, so, uh, what's that? Is that 15 games played? Uh, we're in fifth position. Is it 15 or 14 games we've played now? Hold on, I'll tell you. Just bear with me. Just bear with me. Yeah, so that's 15 games. we played an additional game. This evening, uh, on the back of the upcoming fixture, the, the the conference games in June, is that June seventh, is that when we're looking at playing those kind of games? No, um, it's July seventh. Yeah. So, are we in the second qualifying round of? That hasn't been confirmed yet. No, no. Right, okay. I, I I don't I don't think we will. To be honest, I think it's a bit of a long shot. Right, um, okay. So no, the draw is the draw is the fourteenth of June, and then the first leg of the first round is the seventh of July with the second. Leg been the fourteenth, right? Okay, so it's still a bit off. Sorry, so, sorry, Jerry. Say, say that to me again. When's the first leg? The seventh of July. All yeah, right, okay, mm. and the fourteenth. Yeah, yeah. So it is it's still a bit off, and uh, I think uh, I might. Yeah, now I did. I just I googled it beforehand, and I thought the initial round was in June. Anyway, look at the, the, the draws in June. Sorry. Okay. Okay. So the big talking point I think before kickoff was um, the team that was named, and we were trying to make sense of um, how we were going to uh, how we were going to line up. And um, I suppose the biggest, well, is the biggest talking point out of the starting eleven, Horgan, in that kind of holding defensive midfield role, trying to track Jack Byrne. Um, is that well, did you, did you, Sean, did you see that that was what was going to happen before the, the game kicked off? Well, that's a kind of, I said it in our group anyway that I think he was going to go with the diamond, all right. Um, but yeah, Horgan playing in that role to obviously 
Marshall Jack Byrne like he did in the showgrounds. Uh, I think he done an okay job on him, yeah. First half, he was... Look, they couldn't get the ball out to Jack, though. Either they, they weren't using him. He done it. Like, Horgan did his job, but I think it was the bigger letdown on that was Horgan was poor enough on the ball then. He gave away possession quite a bit, which killed a few attacks for us in, in good areas. But uh, And that was the hardest part for him then, was getting back in on Jack Byrne as well when they broke down on the counter. So, but look, they didn't cause us too many problems in the first half. So all in all, Horgan worked, but second half then it was just pointless. It was gone through our own fault. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, was the first half a bit of a missed opportunity from our point of view? Yeah, definitely. Um, look, our, I suppose our, our play in the first two thirds were, was pretty good. Like, But once we got near the final third, we were just sloppy and made some not good decision making I suppose in the final third and just just gave it away sloppy and just didn't protect the ball and look at times you know you have to be disciplined and when you get that when you get that far up the, the field you have to hold on to the ball and make the right decisions and we just didn't do that like for all the good approach play we just we never really hurt them and we, it was a missed opportunity like you could see five what, five ten minutes into the the second half Sham took advantage of the conditions and the game was over, really. Yeah. Five, ten minutes and the, the game was over. We had 45 minutes and we didn't, didn't take advantage. Yeah, I thought we did try to make some kind of more penetrating passes that maybe we haven't seen in recent weeks. Uh, they didn't come off in the end. And at the time, I kind of felt that I didn't mind seeing that so much. Like, Yeah, we were trying, trying to, but none of them came off. Yeah, none of them actually came off in the end. Um, we went closest, obviously, in the, when it was around the 18-minute mark when... Um, was it McDonald who flashed the ball across? Was it McCord? McCord, yeah, had flashed the ball across. And um, Matta was on the wrong side of Kavanaugh. the fullback. Yeah. Um, but that was a cracking opportunity, really. Yeah. Um, like, that's only, that's only, like, we know that in the first half, right? But we need to, you need to maintain that for 90 minutes, not 45 minutes. Yeah. So, unless you maintain it for 90 minutes, forget about the first 45, it's gone. And we didn't take advantage. So, you know, should have, would have, could have, but we didn't, so. Yeah. It's, it's all like that's, you know, it's really disappointing because there is a good first half to build on mm. going into the second half. You have a very positive first half. It's, it's chalk and cheese to what we've seen against Shelburne the other night. Um, but then we just go into that second half. Shams are naturally going to up their tempo. They're at home. They're going to come out all guns blazing, which they did. But we played into their hands because... Instead of trying to slow down their tempo, we kept playing to it. We kept making playing out as quick as we could, even for their first goal. It's brush has to we get we get a free kick and brush rushes it and passes it to Pineacker in a position where he can't take it. Yeah. He has no time on the ball. He has to lay it off to Buckley straight away. Buckley has to because shams are in our faces. Whereas all Brushy had to do was just sit back, let us re reset, play the percentages for five or ten minutes. Sometimes you just have to do that. It's not the prettiest. But sometimes you just have to do it. Play it up into their areas. Try and pin them back and slow them down for a couple of minutes. We played right into what they wanted us to do. I think Allowed the them to press us. I think with the first goal as well, though, you know, like, obviously, uh, Horgan was put in a shit position. Like, yeah. he was giving the ball. He didn't know what was behind him. He didn't know, really know. Obviously, he didn't know what was left and right. And he plays a blind pass. And all of a sudden, we're undone. Like, in that position, I'd be like trying to take the ball in like a centre forward if you're not sure. Don't don't play it blind. 
I don't think he was under a huge amount of pressure. I think there was a little bit of panic. I don't think there was anybody on him when he. Well, I think there was someone coming up. I think there was someone coming on him. Maybe not as not touch tight, but like if you're not sure, just take the ball into you, take the sting out of it. Don't just play it blind, especially yeah. when you're facing your own goal, Jerry. Yeah. Like yeah. he wasn't even sight on that he had a view for something. Yeah. He, 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 it was a, it was. A pass to pass to pure like he's hope he's hoping Lewis Banks is there. Yeah, hoping. That's and that's you can't do that, especially against them. They're not going to allow that. And that that's where that's where like I I would be kind of talking about discipline, right? Um, I'm not talking about discipline as in kicking players, but discipline in terms of being patient and doing the right thing at the right time and not taking these little chances because you have to be disciplined against the likes of Shamagos. You know, yeah. we give away one ball and we're undone. So yeah. after all the hard work, we're undone. It was the same in the second half as well. When, and I know Keane scored a great goal, but we, we had a great passage of play. We must have had 20, 30 passes. And he just fucking leathers one. And it goes out for a throw-in. That's, that's right, yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's the difference between us and them. They, like, you know, Gaffney doesn't just take, doesn't take a shot like that. A ridiculous shot. He, he, he recycled the ball or whatever. They'll keep it going. And yeah. they'll wait for the right opportunity. So we put 20, 30 passes together. And that's the discipline where someone just leathers it. There's another and all, great... of a sudden, all the hard work that we've done, like that's, to, that's very demoralizing for everybody. Yeah, there's another very good example of that in the first half, actually, is we make a great break and Banks actually ends up on the left-hand side. And he looks to whip the ball back into the box where there's no one really there. Like it's congested with Charles players. But we actually have... Uh, Bulger arriving late and it's just a simple layoff for Bulger and he, he's on perfectly for a shot outside the box like it was lined up perfectly and like that it's panic and instead of just being clever and making the right decision he just whips this needless ball into the box and shams are breaking then they're on the counter yeah be patient recycle it make the right yeah. decision be disciplined and we haven't been that now for we haven't been that this season at all really yeah and again, it's like I know we've already spoken about the initial goal, the mistake by Horgan, but so many of our goals, some of the goals that we concede, it seems, are our own undoing. Uh, a lot of the time, we're not being kind of taken apart by the opposition. It's we're failing to be smart in possession and coughing up opportunities. And it was said to me today, actually, before this afternoon, someone said to me just that, that the amount of goals that Sligo Rovers give to the opposition instead of you know having the opposition come and really break us down yeah, and that, that, that's discipline again and it's concentration you know you're not you're just not sharp just just it's just it's one player can just be lazy for a split second and then we're undone well and at, this level, and at this level of football you just can't you can't do that like look at our last two games shells as well is the same like yeah. where Adam McDonald is caught sloppy on the edge of his area and they go and they score from it. And, we're, and see, our biggest thing as well is when we concede, we completely capitulate. That's it. We're gone. We're out of the game. It's a, it's a, but, but that goes again, goes back to discipline. Yeah, it's just the heads drop, feel sorry for ourselves. Mentality. It's not going to happen. Uh, but I have happen. to say, though, that does stem from the sideline as well. So it does, because where's, where's the G up from then? You know, where's the boys lift your heads? It can't always be left to the lads on the pitch to get things going. That does have to come from the sideline as well. That's a mentality thing that's set into the teams. As you'll always see, like even with Shams, you see Stephen Bradley as a player in their team. 
patient, good footballer, look to do the right things. He's an arsehole at the best of times, and they're arseholes on the pitch as well. But they do the right things. Even Stephen O'Donnell, look at their look at his sides. It's it's a it's a reflection of the manager himself. And we're we're actually I do, uh, we're a reflection of Liam Buckley at the moment. It's too it's too soft. There is no there's no conviction behind us. So there is okay, we're too so, nice and we're actually too generous to teams. So I think I think you know where you're going, Sean. But before before we get there, right? On that team that you're speaking about. Do you think that the, the amount of changes that Stephen Bradley made going into this game was Bradley having an understanding of what you're saying? So he's going to put minutes into a couple of young lads, uh, like your man up, up top. Uh, he's going to make eight changes going into this game. Uh, we drew with them the last time we played. You know, under different circumstances, maybe the opposition manager would be a little bit worried. But I get the impression that Bradley wasn't hugely worried about what, he was, what his team were up against today. And that allowed him to make the amount of changes that he did. And if things did go wrong in the first half with so many changes, with his five substitutions, he was confident that his team would be, he and his team would be able to sort things out over the duration of, you know, the second half or, or whenever he needed to make. Like, is that... Shams felt no danger was, was coming their way ahead of the game. Sean. <laughs> Sorry. No, I think that's bang on, Connor. I, there's nothing you can go against there. I think he's definitely looked at this game as a as a great opportunity to rotate. And he, he's looking ahead to Derry at the weekend. Yeah. And he sees the perfect opportunity to rest a couple of lads and as you says, get some minutes into some other players, set them up nicely. Uh and yeah, we are, we're that given side at the moment that teams can do that against us. Away from home, even at home this time, these days, it makes no odds. We're a, we're a soft touch. And he, he would have seen, he, look, at the end of the day, you know, the Carl Murphy and Gartland and that were, you know, saying it kind of in the first couple of minutes that we've been tricky for Shams this season. Let's call it a spade a spade. Shams should have battered us in both games. Really should have battered us. We were... We took our chances in Tala, two good mm. goals. Uh, but realistically, they should have that could have ended five or six nil. McGinty was unbelievable that night as well. The other night in the showgrounds, like they controlled the game. They actually showed they were probably overconfident and didn't look to kill the game off. They didn't have as many chances as they probably could have created, but they were just a wee bit too soft. And then we caught them cold and they weren't expecting that. So we got away with a point that night as well. It was a great, look, we've done well to get it, but I'd say coming into this game, he thought, no, he didn't have any, any too much to fear. Caught him a little bit cold in the first half, but like that, straight away, they upped the tempo in the second half and we're undone. Jerry, uh, there's a real kind of apathy around the place now as well, though, isn't there? Uh, from, from the fans and there's, there's very little to get excited about. Uh, it looks like the team aren't hugely excited uh, regardless of the game. Like, Maybe in years past, not in years past, but maybe in months past, going up to Tala, yeah, we're going to raise our game. And I suppose we did that to some extent in the initial uh, first half, not this game, but the game before that, uh, where Keane got the two goals. But it's it's the whole thing is flat. The club seems flat. The supporters have nothing to get excited about. And, like, uh, you know, maybe we'll pick up points against 
paths, maybe we draw paths, but it just feels like this we're we're in a it's just we're in a, a loop at the moment that's yeah. Look, it is flat. It is flat. There's no no getting away from that. Um, and the word that I would have used uh, in the past, well, in the past few weeks, is that it's stale. It's not. It's it's beyond flat. It's completely stale. Uh, there don't, doesn't seem to be any spark. I've never seen it this this flat. The the atmosphere this flat or stale in a long long time. And I think um, part of the reason is that we we did start off the season well um, and I suppose it got the expectations up um, I don't think anybody ever thought we were going to win the league you know uh, but I thought we'd be up there there about in the top four um, with the additions that we made to the squad and with the start that we've had this season but just reading a, a tweet there from Eamon Kelly um, after the Shells game and it's not even including tonight's result, but from the last 36 games, which is an entire season, um, I think it's on the back of the, the European game last season, but over the last 36 games, uh, we've only taken 47 points. And, yeah. and that 47 points puts you in seven position. So if anybody thinks that we're going to get top four this season, is absolutely deluded we at best are going to finish seventh that's not me making it up the stats over the last 36 games never mind including tonight's game says that we're going to come seventh and we'll be we doing well to get seventh we can't, afford, okay? we can't afford that we can't afford that so something needs to happen are we, are we happy enough to accept a 3-1 defeat with Sham Grovers and go say, oh, well, sure, it's Shams. It's grand, we'll write it off. Like, is that what, you're, is that what you're, you want of your football club? Is that what your football, you want your football club to be? That you're happy to accept a 3-1 defeat? Great, we got the last goal. You know, it could have been 4-5-1. or five, one. It was, and it was 3-1. To me, that's just as bad. I don't care. But what pisses me off is that at Shams, that we're happy to accept that. Are we happy to accept seventh place in the league? Because that's where we're going if we're lucky. Yeah, but or I suppose do we, do, we, do we say, "All right, well, we're still in the cup and we still got Europe to come." If we don't address the situation very, very quickly, you can forget about those two things as well, and we will come seventh, and then we're in a whole pile of shit. So, I know nobody wants to, you know, be. This is football. It's it, it's a results it's a results based business, and do you keep putting it on the long finger, hoping that things are going to change? It's not going to change. This is over thirty six games, forty seven points gets you seventh. Mm. This is my opinion. This is fact. So are we happy to accept three one defeat with Shamrock Rovers? Are we happy to accept seventh? If we are, we'll just leave it as it is, as it is quo, and we go out first round in Europe. And we go out pretty early in the cup. That's not me making it up. We went out of the cup, what, last season, the Cork City first round. I can't remember the season before that. It was shit too. That's where we're heading. History has shown us that. Stats show us yeah. that. If we are happy for seventh, if we are happy to go out of the cup, if we're happy to go out of Europe, if we're happy to be, be, be beaten 3-1 by Shamrock Rovers, then do nothing. Yeah. I, I suppose you can take the Shamrock Rovers games out of it really and it's our inability to 
take points off the likes of like the you know the, the, the game against Dundalk where like Dundalk are not a good team uh, our performances against Shelburne and we're doing damage control at 2-0 not even trying to get back into the game at Dundalk yeah you know you know, we, like, should, we should have been bet 5 1 the other night by Shelburne, who hadn't won a game at home. Only that Ed McGinty pulls off literally a replica of the Gordon Banks save and then two wonder double saves. You know, like it's it's not good enough all around. And look, at the end of the day, we're I know we're talking about management here as well, but players need to pull their heads out of their holes as well. So they are because a lot of the performances aren't even close to being good enough. Some of them, they're not fit. Like they're not fit. They're kidding themselves if they think they're fit. That does come down to management and training and how that's been approached. But if anyone tells me that team is fit, I'll back up what Jerry says a few minutes ago. You're deluded. You're absolutely yeah. deluded. We were panting like a group of 60-year-olds on the pitch there after about 60, 60, 70 minutes. Tongues hanging out of our mouths. You could see how far we dropped back and everything. We were, just, we were lost. You know, that's not good enough at this level. Big wages been paid out there. Yeah, and that's the thing as well, Sean. Like, we're not getting value for money. Um, no, that, that, money that team. That team should definitely perform. Those players and the quality of those players, the quality of the, some of the players that we have, we should be performing at a much, much higher level. Yeah, like I know we don't have anything near the highest budgets. I know that we're probably somewhere in the middle. But at the same time, too, we're not getting value for money, and the money is we're not. Derry City, where we've got uh, Mr. Doherty able to throw any amount of money, or Dermot Desmond, or the Comers, or Callagher, or any of them. Yeah, there's, there's nearly every single club. It's not, we don't have that money. Like, we need to get value for money. And unless we're getting value for money, well, then there's something seriously wrong because this money is our money. It's coming out of, it's, we go to work. Every day we work hard, we make our contributions to the club. Nobody else is going to do that for us. Mm. But it's a two-way street. We need the management of the team. We need the team doing it for us. You're not playing... If, if you if you want to go and play for one of those clubs, good, yeah, well, good luck to you on the back, the back of these, these performances this season. No one's going to be signing you. But you're representing us. You know, I just get up for work in the morning, Sean, you do. So do you, Connor, right? Very, very early. Go to work. Do a shift. A few extra pounds goes into the club. You know, I, I know, I know, I know some people that laugh at that, but that's the reality. Is there? Well, look. Yeah. At the end of the day, anyone listening to this podcast is making a contribution to Sligo Rovers. You can be guaranteed they're in the five hundred club. They're buying tickets somewhere. They're putting the, you know, buying in on the gate. Everything, every penny from every supporter is what's running this club. There is, as you said, Jerry. There's no backer. There's no yeah. one there who's just opening a wallet every now and then and say, oh, here, go and sign him or give him an extra extension on his contract. It doesn't happen. So and and the, corner shop, the corner shop that sponsors the club, I'll go and buy me, I don't know, whatever, me loaf bread, of bread there and a pint of milk. Like, these aren't yeah. fellas, like, our sponsors aren't, apart from Avancard, you know, which are fabulous sponsors, but these are all working-class people that are sponsoring the club as well. So, on a, on a money... Uh, point of view or on the topic of money um, as our, ch our uh, chances of qualifying for Europe diminish uh, after almost every game the European fixtures coming ahead grow with greater importance all the time 
from a financial point of view. So are are we saying that we need to see a change ahead of ahead of those games? Like they are they are hugely significant now. And again, like last season was so disappointing against the Icelandic team. Uh, we went out in a it was like a damn squib. Um, and it's hard to not it's hard to not see that something similar is going to happen again this season, regardless of who you know. We might get we got lucky in the draw last season. I would say, yeah, we could end up against one of the Pol- the Polish team. We had an we had we had an opportunity last season, and again we didn't perform. We can't we can't. We can't have another non-performance in Europe. Like if we get if we play a stronger team, we get beaten. That's fine. Yeah. And if we put in, and if we put in a decent performance, that's fine. But a performance that you'd be proud of. Could yeah. you be proud of the performance in Europe last year? Not at all. No. How, how, will we? How will we learn from it? No. This is the question. Well, you see, I don't think we will learn from it because we clearly haven't learned from our downfall last year either. So we haven't. Like at the end of the day, people are saying to me, you know. Like I, get, I was getting a bit of sticks saying I have this Buckley out agenda, which is farthest from the truth for a long time. I backed them 100%. In, in the last few weeks, my backing has gone because it's clear as day there's a massive problem there. But last year, we didn't actually turn the corner. We had a horrific run of form. What was it? We didn't win the game in 10 games, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. But the only reason we qualified for Europe is that no one else wanted it. We stayed in third for those 10 games because no one else could catch us. Everyone else was dropping points left, right and centre around us. We were blessed to stay there and that's, that's the reality of that situation. And now this season has proven the exact same thing. We had a decent start, no two ways about it, a couple of good results and then we just go and throw it all away. And now yeah. we're, faced with, we're faced in a situation where we have Pats coming up and if we lose that, that's it. That's Europe gone. Seven points is the difference. We're not making up seven points in this current form. Yeah, and I think like this is—I don't think there's many Sligo Rovers fans who have take any pride in seeking a change of management at the moment, no. uh, or take any joy in in you know looking for a change of management because of you know it's hard to it's hard to get away from when you look at the facts. I know Jerry, you're looking at one set of facts, but you know to play devil's advocate, we've consistently qualified for Europe over the last number of years. And like it's been in the in the greatest in the big scheme of uh, the club's history, it's been some of the most successful years in the, the club's history. You could argue since nineteen twenty eight, but at the same time, we're we're at this crossroads now. It feels, and yeah. um, like you you mentioned all those names who are contributing serious money to other clubs around the the, the country and around the league, and we just can't afford to fall off the pace. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we could also, you could say, right, well, you know, if we didn't qualify for Europe, we've got through a round. We're not getting through any rounds. You know, that's not a, not the way we are at the moment. There's, a, a blind man could see that, you know. Um, We'd be a European team's dream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we frothing at the mouth. Yeah. Frothing at the mouth to get us in our current guise. I, I think we I think we do have the players. Oh, there's some serious quality in our squad. There's no yeah. two ways about it. And genuinely, even that eleven that's out there tonight, there's some serious quality out there. Like you yeah. put that eleven out in a good strain of form, not many better in the yeah. league. Genuinely, not many better. 
I think there's also bigger issues have to be looked at as well, like the exclusion of Niall Moran over the last few weeks, I think is, it's borderline negligent. Like when possibly one of your best midfielders so far this season can't get a kick of the ball. I don't know, when you, when you fancy a right back in, in centre midfield over him, and every, like, it's not just one or two fans saying it. Every fan I talk to or even see online, everyone seems to have an issue. What's the story with Moran? Why isn't he playing? So why isn't if he playing? If he's injured, if he's injured again, come out and say he's injured. But he's coming on. Yeah. But like, so, if he was, you know, I, I know, but if he was yeah. injured, come out and say it. Like, you know, that's the problem too. And that we don't get it. I think that's creating a vacuum in itself and that you don't get enough information or... Like the, the 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 press release, if you want to call it that, for today's game, like was literally, I think, about maybe five lines of um, cliche talk from Buckley. There was absolutely nothing in it. Hmm. It was just putting it up for the sake of putting it up. Like even the situation with McGinty, there was no mention of McGinty being touch and go for tonight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's not playing. At the like literally, Ed McGinty was named in the start eleven, and then yeah. all of a sudden he's not playing. So. Like McGinty must have had a serious uh, issue coming into the game. You know, like like it was it's his ribs. It, for me as well, it's 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 kind of treating fans like they're a little bit stupid. Yeah, but like are we trying to think yeah. the other team? Like I said before, like if but Jerry is, is the other side of this not that the management team have it's 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 within their rights to release as much or as little information as they want. For their own purposes. But in this day and age, people crave information. Um, every business, every sporting organization, every organization is constantly feeding information, right? Like if, um, say, I don't know, uh, Mata is injured, do you really, really think that Bradley is going to get too upset or change his whole team around because Mata is out? No, he won't. But I think the fans deserve to be given that level of information as well to keep us engaged and not like be kind of like shots at there, like, uh, like Ed's in the team and then he's not in the team. Like, yeah, at least at least put it in there. Like, especially like, what odds would that make to any opposition team if Ed McGinty's playing or not? You can't change tactically for that. You know, yeah. let us know that there is a chance Ed might not play because there obviously was a strong chance he wouldn't play. I yeah. just think it's odd. Like, and even like they were going for weeks there about Mata, you know, he's close to a return, he's close to a return. <laughs> he was never near the team. He wasn't even on the bench until the Shells game. So yeah. I, I just little bits like that is frustrating. Like it's nothing major, but it's just it could be a little bit better. The the other thing from a, a certain eleven point of view is Seamus Kyo only seems to start away in Tala for some reason. Yeah, that's another crazy situation as well. And, you know, it just it places Seamus in a very difficult situation. If he, he I mean, it, it just seems like maybe it's maybe the, the thinking is horses for courses, but um, it just seems it seems very unfair on Seamus Q as well to come into two games. Two games that he started, I think, this season are both away in Tala. Uh, I just I just can't get my head around it. Like, you know, surely there's been opportunities to give him more time to try and get minutes into his legs, even building up to a game like this evening. But Connor as well, what has to be looked at as well with Seamus is 
like we all we do now is and it's not a slight i think it's the right thing to do is talk up our youth setup and our progression from of youth players into the first team and the opportunities to get Seamus Kyo is probably one of the biggest talents that's come out of Sligo in the last few years. He was over at Southampton. He was just unlucky at Southampton. It didn't quite work out for him. He came back here to resurrect his career again and hasn't got a shot. You can't imagine... Hasn't been given did. an opportunity. When, when Liam Buckley's talking about how this great youth setup is giving me players all the time, it's a constant conveyor about the talent coming through and we're giving them chances. You're not. You know, yeah. like one of your biggest talents there, you're not giving him a chance. Yeah. Uh, and he's not going to be hanging around long. Uh, if I, I'm sure, I'm sure he's probably looking for opportunities to play regular football at this stage somewhere else. And you can be guaranteed to be a lot of teams willing to take him too. Yeah. And he's, he's that talented. You know, he, he, he's, he, he certainly needs, you know, five to seven games under his, you know, 90 minutes in order for him to get up to speed. And to, yeah. be able to try and play his own game. So I don't even think he started two games on the spin since he's came back. No, I don't think he has, no. I think the most he's got is about 15 minutes here and there. I think yeah. Yeah, any game he started, he's, and I think in two games he started last season, he was whipped at halftime. So it's, you know, I, I feel sorry for the lad because he's a huge talent. But you know, we're, we're just not reaping the benefits. And I thought we were, I thought it was an excellent signing last year when he came back. I thought that was a real, it was a no brainer and one that could really benefit us going forward. So the other thing worth saying is, um, uh, you know, Rory Gaffney has tortured us previously. Uh, and, uh, you know, I suppose it goes back to my point initially. The likes of, although Andy Lyons is pretty quiet when he came on, apart from, well, maybe, maybe Banks did nullify him um, physically. Uh, but Gaffney comes on, he plays that kind of inside-out role from uh, winger to number nine, and like when the heads are down, we haven't got a hope against that kind of that kind of physical presence, that athletic drive that he has. Uh, it's just He's, he is a nightmare to play against. In fairness, like his work rate is phenomenal. He's actually not the best footballer in the world, but uh, his work rate is just it's second to none. Yeah, he's a uh, like even for their for their second goal, like you know, Pineacker makes a fantastic challenge on him, and then he still ends up having the ball because his desire, he's just and his strength, he 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 holds himself brilliantly, and he's able to swivel on that ball and he gets away. And Buckley's committed to it as well, so he's dragged the two centre halves out of the game. Yeah, you know, he has like you have to hand it to him; he's done really, really well for that. And he's he's he has he's constantly giving us problems. Um. The, the two centre halves, Pineacker and, and Buckley, actually started off quite well. Looked pretty promising at the, the first half an hour, well, the first 45 minutes, I suppose it's fair to say. Looked really kind of calm and collected. But again, the, the initial goal goes in uh, and the whole thing just falls apart and the heads, the heads are gone. It's, it's endemic now across the team when, when the chips are down, we're, we're, in, we're in serious bother. And it, it doesn't matter if it's Shams, Shells, whoever the opposition are, it's, it's the same situation. You could see it. We were consigned to defeat straight away. The second that ball hit the net, that was it. You could have nearly just like that. I could have closed the laptop and just told, and I could have told you even waited till the end of the game. I would have known that we lost the game, that we wouldn't have come back into it. Uh, Jerry, on a more positive note, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to um, review any of our beer scorecast entries this evening. No, I haven't. Um, 
from from what from what I can see. Uh, from, from memory, I don't know if there is a three one. Well, I think there is a three one. Is there? Uh, yeah, I think it's Kieran Keaveney. This is an unofficial um, awarding of the prize. This is yet to be confirmed, but the only one that I can see so far is Kieran Keaveney. So Kieran's won it before too, I think. Well, he'll be he'll be doubling up. So yeah, um, yeah, Kieran's three one to the Shamrock. And a crying face afterwards. Yeah. Which is hopefully he's crying after the bear as well. Get <laughs> hangover or whatever. Um yeah, so I don't know where we go from here, lads. Um is there anything else we want to touch on uh, in relation to the game? Anything from the Shells game? Jeez, that was from the Shells game. Less said about that. That was one of the most embarrassing performances I've ever seen from the Sligo Rovers team. Gary, do you echo those sentiments? Yeah, just go back to something you were chatting about earlier on as well. It just, just feels uh, flat, stale. Um, it just has an air of ine- inevitability about it at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's probably most disappointing thing um, you don't mind getting beat or you know getting bet by a better team or what like are the likes of Shells better than us or Dundalk better than us not in my book um, not on yeah. paper Jerry not on paper yeah not on paper yeah yeah um, it's just it just that's that air of inevitability about it is just oh, I don't know just it's a bit Annoying a bit, yeah. I, I, I don't know if there's any, like we're we'll be in uh, we'll have a game more played than many of the other teams around us as well for the next couple of weeks as well, which will um, psychologically it doesn't help, it's not going to do us any favors, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're you know, I kind of feel like we, we could, I know we're playing, playing pats at home on, on Saturday, like I don't know, I feel like we could do it another away game to try and get something. I think if um. You know, and the other thing is that the other thing that's, that's really bothering me is when you look at, and we've spoken about this before, the vast majority of clubs around the league, they're really on a they're on a crest of a wave almost from mm. a support based point of view, and yeah. the people that are going through the gates, and yeah, us and maybe Harps are are um, are seeing our, 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 the people going through the turnstile going down on a, every other week, like you know. And yeah, it's just like that. That kind of compounds things, things even further for me. Yeah, but the one thing as well is that look, you know, it is flat, and I know we said it twenty times now at this stage. But the one thing is that I'd appeal to fellow supporters to stick with the stick with the club. Um, you know, I'm sure there's probably tough decisions to make, and they are tough decisions uh, one way or the other. Um, but everybody's doing it for the good of the club and um, we are a community-based club and please don't desert the club, you know, or just because we have some bad results or things aren't going our way. You know, if we don't stick with the club when things aren't going our way, well then you won't have the good times and when the good times come and they will come again, it makes it all the sweeter. Um, so I would just say, look, stick stick with the club because, you know, it's our club and, you know, so, yeah. Uh, look, 
to say as well on the situation with the manager, like it's a huge decision for the board to take on, to take on, like to to get rid of a manager mid-season, especially in the League of Ireland when, you know, because a lot of fans can get caught up in the in the English side of football. You know, the Premier League where you can sack managers left, right and centre, money is available, everything's, there's hundreds of managers waiting to take the job. We don't, we don't have that availability to us. Like even, you know, we were talking about it in the group one today. You've seen the, a list drawn up to who could replace Stephen Bradley at Champs. That's probably the top job in the country, financially especially. And it was a list of fucking wallies. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like Robbie King topping the list, like, God, love you. Yeah. You know, who needs that? Yeah. But, you know, so, and look, at the end of the day as well, Liam Buckley has made like Rovers relevant again. Yeah. And no one can take that away from him. But also think there's a fear that he could also bring Sligo Rovers back to where they were when he came in. You yeah. know, it's it's that it's it's caught at a crossroads now where he has brought us to a level where we were we were a good, a good few years ago. And I suppose people are fearful that we could be in a case where we sacked Barraclough too soon, where we got a bit too big for our boots, dropped Barraclough, and it was a case of be careful what you wish for. And look where we ended up. We nearly ended up in the first division. Yeah. And people are probably afraid that if you got rid of Buckley now, that's what could happen again. You could get landed with more lunatics and <laughs> terrible managers and just a yeah. complete shit show and a waste of money. Yeah. So well, it's, it's, it's a very hard decision. Yeah. But football moves on too. And look, I think that Liam Buckley was the right man at the right time for us. I think he stabilised the club. What he done for the club is like, you know, he brought us back. But at the same time, too, you can't let that cloud your judgment and just, you know, not make a decision or, mm. um, you know, like... You can't let sentiment get in the way of business. Yeah. Um, and it just, like, as I said, it feels like a little bit like the, the end of the era when Liam was at Pats. It's just because... Yeah. That kind of era of inevitability, and I think if Lane goes to another club, I think Lane will do a good job at the next club he goes to. Do you do you know what I mean? Because yeah. he is a brilliant manager, but sometimes things come to the end, it gets stale or whatever. But I guarantee, if he goes to the next club, he will do a good job. And we might say, "Oh well," but that's the, the life cycle of of, yeah. of management really in football, and it is part of part and parcel of football. What is we look a manager shelf or. Uh, Shelf life is very slim now in yeah. in modern football. You know, you don't five years tops, six years maybe at a club. You know, and that's, been, and that's been successful. Yeah. That's been very successful. So even what he's done now, he and Liam has been successful. But after Bradley, who's been in who's been I'd say the uh, Horgan. 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 But, yeah, yeah, Horgan, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And then and then, then it must be that must convenient. be convenient. Oh, it is probably Buckley, yeah. Yeah, it will be. Be, be third, I think. Yeah, yeah. Is Horgan there longer than Bradley? Yeah, he will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so look at. I mean, even that's yeah. coming to an end. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the price actually was there this season. Yeah, like that's ran its t- that's ran its course as well. Yeah, and 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 Horgan has gone off on a. On a tangent with the team that he put together this season as well, like it's it's not a it's not a, an Ollie Horgan fight. That's pure desperation. Yeah. 
So it is. But look, uh, look, the, the committee have, they have a huge job on their hands at the moment. So they have, don't envy them. It's easy for us to say from the outside, yeah. well, looking in, but I, unfortunately, I do, I do think it is time for, for change. And at the end of the day, this is a fans podcast. You know, as you said, Sean, it's easy for fans to say, do this, that, and the other. Um, but at the end of the day, if we don't, if we don't, our... if, we, if we don't talk about the elephant in the room, well, then there's no point in having a podcast. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And look, you just got to be honest as well. Like, if you're honest opinion, it's not, it's not to be insulting to anyone, but yeah. well, there's no point just doing it otherwise. No. Simple. Absolutely not. It's, it's a balls of a situation, not one that we wanted to find ourselves in, but here we are. Yeah. But at the same time as well, there's no manager in the world or any position in the world in terms of football that this doesn't happen. No. You know, you know, you don't want to find yourself in or a club in this position, but it's it's perfectly normal. Second nature. Football is a different. It's not like any well, other. I, I feel that there won't be there won't be any uh, major changes until. No, until, but until the manager, until Liam Buckley steps away himself, I don't think there'll be. I don't think anybody's going to be sacked. I think it's going to, you know, I think there'll be it'd be a mutual agreement in order for things to progress or to. Move will. I think Liam would be the kind of character to maybe see it himself and say, right, well, maybe I have taken them as far as I can, and maybe it is the right time to walk away. But then again, that just comes down to the committee and Liam, and maybe he doesn't see that. Maybe he thinks he can turn it around. So if that's the case, maybe the committee are going to back him. But I don't know where we'd end up because if I'm being honest, it doesn't look like the players are playing for him. And that's been truthful. Yeah. On, on that note. Uh, yeah. <laughs> string, string me up again like you did on Twitter the other day. <laughs> Uh, come on, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a nice conversation. Yeah, <laughs> no fucking singing tonight. <laughs> right, it's it's hard to look ahead to the past, Kim. It's hard to we're gonna we're gonna fucking tear them apart now, aren't we? <laughs> no, you ju- you just know what's gonna happen, don't you? It's gonna be Doyler that's gonna score a ninety-eight minute winner against us. It's going to be one of those seconders. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a bit poetic, wouldn't it? Mm. For, yeah. for, for Pats to put the dent nail in Buckley's coffin, huh? Yeah. 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 Right, I think we will. I, I, don't, I don't know where else we can go. I think we need to draw a line after under it. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? Stuff going. Stuff going. Joys of being a Slag Rovers fan. Right, Sean. Thank you. Cheers, Connor. Jerry, thank you. Thanks, Carl. In the title race, we will never forget this day.